0: This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen.
1: All right, why don't we go ahead and bow our heads and we'll prepare for the word today. Father, as I look around this room today, I see dear friends. Some are new friends, and some are friends that I'm looking forward to making, and some are long-term friends. God, I thank you for what you've done. Lord, I pray for what's happening in each service right now. Lord, I thank you for all that's been accomplished today. God, we want to have an encounter with your word. I want somebody to agree with me about that. God, we want to have an encounter with your word. We want to leave changed. Marked by the resurrection of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to bring you a message today entitled, Two Trees. Two Trees. Before I do, let me tell you what happened to me earlier today. As I stepped up during one of those services to preach, uh, a reminder came up on my, my iPad. As that reminder came down, I had to pause for just a moment. Because that reminder told me that... Um, that it was uh, the day before. Tomorrow is uh, one of my dear friend's birthday, Louis Day. And Louis went home to be with Jesus. And for just a moment, I paused and I let the pain of that settle in for just a moment, standing right up here in that service. But then something else caught inside of my heart. I thought about the fact that though we may not be together today. Because of what we celebrate today, we will be together again someday. That we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the first. Come on, the firstborn being resurrected, the scripture says. And those of us who have faith in Christ shall live again. Can I, can I get an amen about that today? Amen. <clears throat> Death still has a sting, but there is hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've been studying what it means to talk about foolish things. You know, as I brought you a message last week called about blood on my door and we had the doorpost and I was sprinkling that, that on. I still see some of it here on our, our floor. When I put on my shoes this morning, they were still covered. The blood gets everywhere. How many thankful the blood gets everywhere? Amen. And we've been talking about 1 Corinthians chapter number one, verse number 18. Listen to this powerful text. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know, watch this, know that we do what? We know it is the power of God. We know it. It might seem foolish to you, but when you have come to know the power of Jesus Christ, you can see the evidence in your life. I was thinking about how foolish that first Easter morning must have seemed. How foolish those days between the death of Christ and the the resurrection of Christ must have seemed to some. We know that there was talk about the fact that he would rise from the dead. We know that many people were discussing this because Scripture tells us that even the high priests themselves went to Pilate and said, this man said that he was going to rise from the dead. So would you put guards at the tomb so that no one can fake his resurrection? We know that as they, they, they tried to discuss that, those guards had to feel rather foolish because they had to feel silly waiting on a dead man to arise. Imagine the conversations in town as people said, did you hear? He's coming back. And can you hear other people saying, I came down that road beside where they crucified him. Trust me, he's not coming back. People argued about it and I could hear, as it were, old men rising up and saying, don't be foolish to believe that that man will ever live again. It's just a foolish thing. As the more I thought about that on this weekend, then suddenly something began to stir in my heart because I thought as all of them, listen to me carefully, as all of them discussed what was foolish about what had happened and waiting on him to rise from the dead, the Bible tells us that it's foolish to those who don't believe, but that when we know it becomes power to us. There was one, and I feel what I'm about to say, there was one there who knew the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that the disciples were probably even arguing, I don't know what he meant by that. You know how he talked in parables. I'm not sure if he's going to raise from the dead, but there was one in the back of the room who stood up and he said, listen to me, guys, my name, in case you don't remember it is Lazarus. And I, I know that I know that I know in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. He said, you wonder where he is. I know where he is because just a few days ago I was there. And as I was living there in that bosom of Abraham, as I walked in paradise, trust me, I know the resurrection power of Jesus because I heard a voice call out my name and nothing could hold me down. And the next thing I knew I was back. He said that power that raised me from the dead is the power we're talking about of Jesus Christ. And trust me, boys and girls, you can know this with all your heart. Trust me, men and women, you can know this in the very deep parts of your mind when you're trying to rationalize everything. When you know that Jesus has resurrection power, it's foolish to believe anything else than the hope of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Now that was free. It's not really in my sermon, but I thought you needed it. Amen. I want to talk to you about the two most foolish points in history today. The two most foolish moments in all eternity. These moments of foolishness both happened in a garden. And they both happened around a tree. They both happened in a moment that would change the world. As we look at these two things, I want you to think about These occurrences, both the greatest moments of foolishness of all. You see, when I'm talking about being foolish, we're talking about that act that is absurd, that act that is ridiculous. As we're talking about that today, I want you to get that in your heart. I want you to get that in your mind. We're going to go to Genesis chapter number three and verse number six. Says this, the woman was convinced, speaking of Eve, she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. I want you to see that for just a moment. There was a place, a garden called Eden. In that garden, there was a woman named Eve and she stood before the tree and she looked at its fruit. She said, that looks good to me and it will give me what I want. If I eat of that, I will become who I want to become. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Now notice this. They have partaken of the fruit. They have partaken of that thing that they thought would satisfy the craving of their hearts. But at that moment, at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. At the very moment that they took that, they realized how foolish they had been. Imagine that moment, though, as she stood before that tree, contemplating taking that fruit. As she stood there, the whole situation seemed completely foolish. Can you imagine her thought process as the enemy is whispering in her ear, Take the fruit. Imagine as she looked at that fruit and she thought, that will satisfy me. It looks good. As she thought to herself, now listen to me carefully. She said, I'm no fool. What is so harmless about eating from this fruit? I'm no fool. I have picked fruit from many trees and I'm still here. Nothing has happened. Think about what she must have rationalized in her mind. I'm an adult. I'm old enough to choose and do what I want. I'm old enough to to receive whatever fruit I want into my life. It's nobody's business what I want to bring into my life. I thought she might have even said, what kind of fool does God think that I am? Now, here's what really stood out to me. Can you imagine her mind as she was thinking about this? She said, now I'm sure that Adam probably couldn't handle the fruit. But I'm not a fool like Adam. It's not going to have That effect on me. And all the time the enemy is whispering in her ear, don't be a fool. She's standing there about to make the most foolish decision in history and the enemy is telling her, don't be a fool. But with every glance at the forbidden foolishness was taking over who she was. As she stared, wanting that thing, and I don't know if you understand that, but I've lived there. I understand that, 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 that when I've looked at sin long enough, before long, I'm not even thinking right. Before long, I'm not making right choices and right decisions and making good judgment. And as she stood there looking at that tree, the foolishness of that moment did not even dawn on her. Now I know that many of you can see the connection between Eve and the rest of us, her descendants. We want to live our lives trying to rationalize why whatever we want is exactly what we need to complete us. I know that others maybe couldn't handle it, but but we can handle it. We can partake of that fruit. We can take of that sin, and, and we can live with it. We'll, it'll be all right. I mean, it may be labeled as sin. We know it's sin, but we've sinned before, folks. And we're still standing. We're still at church on Easter We're still worshiping. I mean, we we are, after all, adults. Man, it's quiet in here. We know what's good for us, right? And I can't buy an amen today. You see, we look at others who have fallen into the same sin, the same traps, and somehow we feel that if they'd been less foolish and more like us, they would have been able to handle that. Because we certainly can handle whatever it is. And the enemy is still whispering in our ears, just like Eve, because we're nobody's fool. We know what we're getting into. But I want you to catch something. Just like Adam and Eve, and I'm taking you somewhere, but stay with me. Just like Adam and Eve. The moment we have crossed the threshold and we've taken that sin, we realize just how foolish we've been. Scripture says, at that moment, at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. At that very moment, the moment that they reached out and took from that, the moment that they received that into their lives. And what did they try to do immediately? They tried to begin to cover up themselves, how foolish they must have felt, how foolish they must have looked as they began to pick the leaves and trying to cover their bodies and they feel foolish and they ultimately have to go hide because they realize that their feeble attempts to hide what they've done are not even going to measure up. I know what you thought. We'll go to, we'll go to church on Easter. Pastor's not going to preach about sin on Easter. <laughs> but the word's the word. We're getting to the power of the resurrection here in just a moment. Can you imagine their rationale? We'll just cover ourselves with leaves and maybe God won't notice. Wow. Seems pretty foolish. But the truth is our foolishness is extremely obvious as well. Our foolishness that we think that we can live like we want and act like we want and do like we want and that we can somehow just cover that up and nobody's going to... I'm not talking about what you see. I'm talking about what God sees. Can I have at least one amen in this place? So we stand exposed to the world with hands full of failure and broken dreams. We stand before the tree and as we stand there, We, we long... We long for the ability to be able to do one thing, not the fruit of sin that we long for, but we long to be able to take that sin and put it back on the tree. Can you imagine how many times Eve sat around and thought as Adam came home after working with the thorns and the thistles and the as she sat around and thought as she had to give birth and the pain and agony of birth, as she sat around and thought, I wish I could just put that back on that tree. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? My life is full of things I would like to put back on the tree. My life is full of mistakes. My life is full of sin. My life is full of shame. There are moments I wish I could I wish I had a giant eraser I could just erase from eternity and go, "Whoa, I'll put that back." But no matter how long she wanted to put it back on the tree, she couldn't put it back on the tree. But thanks be to God, God did not leave us standing in front of the tree of sin. Now I want to take you to another garden and to another tree where probably... No, no, I will declare the most foolish act in all history, all eternity took place in that garden next to that tree. And it's found in John chapter 19, verse number 41, the place of the crucifixion was near. What was it near? A garden. It was near what? A garden where there was a new tomb, never used before. We're coming now to another garden and to another tree where there is now another tree that will change everything. This had to be the most foolish moment In all eternity. Now think about this for just a moment. God himself has come down to live among us. The Bible says that as Jesus walked in him, dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He has done nothing but good. He has healed more people than anyone has been able to count. This is how they just said it. it. He healed everybody they brought to him. He has encountered people that everyone else has given up on, and he has motivated them so much and changed them so radically that the Scripture says they would turn the world upside down. He has fed multitudes and asked nothing in return. As a matter of fact, he has never failed anyone, and he has never failed anybody yet. Can I get an amen for that today? But yet, they brought the God who walked among them to a garden with an old rugged tree. And there upon that place of Calvary, they put that God and hung him on that tree. I mean, but that's not the most foolish moment of all. That's not the most absurd, the most ridiculous action. It's not the most absurdity and the most ridiculous is not coming from the crowd. It's simply they're, all they're doing is reacting out of their own selfishness, their own pride, their own fear, their own quest to retain the power over their own destinies. The, the, the most foolish thing of all is not an earthly foolishness. It's not an earthly absurdity, not an earthly ridiculousness. The most foolish thing of all is that God would come with one goal in mind. That God would come with one focus. That he would come to earth for this very moment in a garden, in a place that there was a, a rocky hill where they erected a rugged old tree. And he would come to that place and there he would come to feel the sting of the whip. There he would come to feel the pound of the nails. There he would come and he would feel as those thorns would burrow down into his brow and he would taste the bitterness of death. The most foolish thing of all, the most absurd, most ridiculous thing of all was that the king of glory would come to die for us. But if you've heard nothing I've said and you hear nothing else past this point, I want you to get this simple truth that it all started in a garden. And when it all started in a garden and it all started around a tree, I want you to get this simple truth today. When Eve took something off of a tree, it changed the world. But God responded by putting something on a tree or putting someone on a tree to right the world. Come on now, amen. And I thought about what he's done for us. Why would he do this? Because the only remedy for our foolishness was his. The only hope that we have was that he loved us no matter how ridiculous or how absurd. Why would he take our place? Why would he love us so? The most absurd thing in history. Because we stood before a tree of sin, trying to put our sin back. We stood before the tree, trying to put our sin back. And no matter how hard we tried, we kept leaving with our sin-stained hands. But that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Not the tre- My goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit in what I'm about to say to you. Not the tree that we're talking about because there's an old rugged tree that stood on Calvary. And I can tell you, I visit it daily. And I take a life that has made mistakes. And I take a life of failures and a life of struggles. And I take a life of pain. And I find my way to a cross. And there, when I lay my, down my sins, when I lay down my burdens, they stay on that tree because he delivers me there and his grace still flows and his blood still covers and we can place our sins on that tree and he nailed them there for us. Amen. Oh, but Pastor Don, you don't understand how naked I feel and how bad I feel and and you don't understand. I know everybody knows my faults and everybody knows my failures. Well, stop trying to cover them with foolishness and go to the cross and lay them down and you can put on a new robe of righteousness and the grace and the peace of God. Amen. Amen. What are you talking about, Pastor Don? Well, you see, as foolish as Adam and Eve were, give me some leaves and let me... Come on, now look how big I am. It'd take a whole fall season of leaves to cover my life. Come on. That was free right there. Come on. But guess what? I don't have to stand there and look foolish because Isaiah 61.10 says this. says, I am overwhelmed with joy joy in the Lord, my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation. And he has draped me in robes of righteousness. Come on now. I I feel this. I I mean, I feel it. I don't know if you've ever had the joy of raising daughters. Some of you are in the middle of it and don't know that joy is coming. Come on now, but amen. But if you've ever had the joy of raising daughters, it always always makes, makes my day. I see some of you posting pictures of this. They'll go get mama's clothes on. Come on now. They'll have way too much, and they'll put every piece of jewelry. there will come on, and, and they'll have makeup all the way over to here. Come on. And they'll come out and say, don't I look beautiful? Come on. Don't I look pretty? Because they're trying to dress up and, and be in the image of the one that they love. Can I tell you that our Father puts the right, it, he fits us right with robes of righteousness. And some of you are going, but Pastor Don, I'll never measure up. No, he's measured up for you when Jesus hung on a cross says, I am like a bridegroom. Man, you want to look sharp on your wedding day. You know why, guys, you want to look sharp on your wedding day? You don't want that door to open and her go, "Mm, nah. (laughs) Come on. Like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding and a bride with her jewels. I have been adored. With the grace of God, and what I could not cover, what I could not erase, He has covered me with His robe of salvation, and He has taken my sin away. So today, I had to think about this moment in time. I mean, who would dare to believe that after Jesus died on a cross, that He could live again? I mean, it would be foolish after that moment in time to think there would be any hope, but on the third day, the foolishness of the moment became the joy of the world, when like lightning from heaven, the stone was rolled away. What had seemed absurd now made total sense. Jesus went away. No one else could go to make a path anyone can follow. Now look, I want to give you a powerful statement in the end of this. As a young pastor, I probably would have thought, that'll do it, that'll do it. But I realize the silliness of what I'm about to say. But I just want to say it anyways. Don't be anybody's April fool. Bring it to Jesus and lay it down. Don't be anyone's fool. Follow Jesus. Bring that thing that you need to nail to the cross and leave it there. Nail it there by His grace and through His love. But unfortunately, many of us are still standing before trees of sin and we're, we're enjoying and we're thinking that we can handle what everybody else can't handle. I want you to bow your heads in this place. You see, as I'm preaching about that, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you've been eaten from the wrong tree. Excuse my, my Dawsonville accent there, but you've been eaten from the wrong tree. You've been bringing the wrong thing into your life. You've been bringing sin into who you are. And you wish with all this in you, you could put that back. Some of you have been actively standing in front of the wrong tree. You know exactly where it is, and today you're ready to repent of that because you're ready for a change. You're ready for God to do something in your life that will change everything. If that's you, can I see your hand in this place? Would you just hold it up high? Literally, literally hands are going up all over this building. There's some things you're going to lay down. Come on now, there's some of you, we're waiting on you. I, I feel like we're waiting. On, there's some stuff you're ready to lay down. You're ready to, you're ready to stop taking that, that tree of sin. Hands all over this place. Thank you. Thank you put those down. Father, I thank you that right now through that simple confession, just letting me see it, Father, that they're also now confessing letting you see it. And in just a moment, Lord, as we pray, I thank you, God, that a new day, that the power of the resurrection is going to bring a new day in their lives. But right now in this place, there's some people that you've, you have eaten from the wrong tree your whole life. You may have even prayed a prayer. You may have went for up front in the church, but you've never truly left it All on the cross. You've never truly surrendered it all to Jesus. And today is your day. This is your moment. This is your time. I'm not going to embarrass you. I haven't embarrassed anybody this morning and I don't want to embarrass you. But at this point in this, at this time, right here, right now, if you would say today's the day you want to leave it all at the cross and surrender your heart to Jesus Christ, can I see your hands? Hands are already going up in this place. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. One, two, three, four, five. Are there others? Six, seven. Are there others in this service? That's why you're counting. I want you to realize you're not alone. Eight. I see those hands. Nine, ten. I see those hands. Hallelujah. You can put those down. Well, ten hands all around this room, but. A, but is there anyone else you'd say Pastor Don I know I've prayed this prayer before but, but this is the moment I'm going to leave it all there I want to make Jesus my Lord I want to make Him my Savior I'm, or I'm, a, I'm, I'm coming home to Jesus I've been out eating from the wrong vineyard I've been out, or the wrong orchard I've been out doing things I shouldn't have been doing and, and now I'm coming home to Jesus if that's you can I see your hand if you've not raised your hand already hold, hold it up high hold it up high hold it up high I want to see you looking for you looking for you God, God's after you thank you thank you God's after you today. God's after you. Father God, I thank you that not only right here, but at our, at our, at our annex right now, you're moving. You're moving. Lives are being changed. Souls are being, being set free. Right now. Right now, listen to me with every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. These that have responded today, and we're going to join with them in prayer because there's a verse that everything we do is built upon here. That if we will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and, and proclaim with our mouths that, that and believe in our hearts that, that God has raised Him from the dead, we would be born again. With our mouths we proclaim it and with our hearts we believe it. This resurrection power. And as we pray that today, some of you are listening. Some of you are going down the road hearing this message. Some of you are on the way to church. You're you're hearing this message. Some are watching via television right now. God's speaking to your hearts too. And I just feel God speaking. It's time for you to put it all on the tree. I want you right where you are and in this place now to pray with me. Join hands with someone near you. You don't have to cross the aisles or reach a, uh, beyond the people you know. But if you're comfortable, reach, hand, reach over and grab someone's hand near you. And we're going to pray this prayer of salvation with these. And we're going to confess that Jesus Christ... Is Lord. Come on pray with me. Everybody together. and Lift your voices today. Jesus. Jesus. By faith. faith, I confess. I I am a sinner. sinner. In need of a savior. I I bring my sins. sins, From my past. My my present. And my future. To you. you. I leave them at the cross. I'm not going to be that person anymore. By faith. I receive your grace. Cover me in your blood. In Jesus' name, from this moment forward, I declare Jesus came for me. He died for me. Now he lives forevermore. By faith, God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those that prayed that, so many, for the very first time. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your favor. Thank you. My goodness, there is a joy. I'm supposed to be praying for all the rest of you, but come on, for just a moment. Let's just celebrate for just a moment. Many lives changed. Hallelujah. (laughs) Father, I thank you that every assignment of the enemy is being broken. And every addiction is being uh, destroyed. And every, every return trip, Lord, I thank you, God, that, that you're just going to put your grace in, uh, as a, a road sign that blocks the way back to the tree of sin and that we'll wear a path to the place of Calvary. In Jesus' mighty name, set us free. Amen amen. How many are thankful for Jesus today? Come on. Come on, you can do better than that. How many are thankful for Jesus? Amen.